Welcome to another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. Thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. My name is Richard Stamen. Got a good episode for you today. Going to be doing an episode about the best kept secrets in college basketball featuring uh, Jordan Ennis. He is from the Assisted Development Podcast. He decided to drop by and do a quick five-minute segment on Matthew Meyer and Will Richardson from Oregon. Also going to go over Isaiah Wong, Paul Scruggs, quickly Seth Lundy, and Mike Miles as some of the best-kept secrets to watch for this year's 2022 NBA Draft. So let's go ahead and cue up that music, and I'll talk to you on the other side. You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me again, my name is Richard Stamen, host of Locked On NBA Draft for Tuesdays. Got a good episode for you today. Uh, as I said, this is going to be the best set kept secrets in college basketball of returning players. Got about five or six players I'm going to talk about, uh, and I think it'll be a good quick little deep dive on who to watch this year and who some of the best kept secrets are. So let's dive right into it. I'm going to do Isaiah Wong in this segment here, and, uh, and then I'll get to... You know, Mike Miles, uh, Paul Scruggs, Seth Lundy, and then I'll have Jordan talk about Will Richardson and Matthew Meyer from Oregon and Baylor, respectively. So with Isaiah Wong, if you've followed me on Twitter for any portion of the last 12 months, you know how much of a fan of Isaiah Wong I am. He goes to the University of Miami. He's about 6'3", 6'4", combo guard with really good basketball IQ, incredible quick first step in athleticism, really great space creator, and overall just strong instincts. So those are going to be the main three selling points for him, are athleticism, space creation, and instincts. So he's, like I said, a combo guard, can play a little bit of off guard, and the lead guard probably prefers to have the ball in his hands, which could ultimately be a weakness for him, because just starting with the weaknesses, it's very quick as to what his weaknesses are. He needs to improve his jump shot. It's a slow motion. It's a it's a push shot. He really takes a while to get to get his shot going and shoot over defenders, I think might be an issue for him. Then he also needs to add weight, which is a pretty common issue for college guards. He's 20 years old, 21 years old by the time the draft comes. And obviously he'll need to add weight to stay in the NBA, but that's something that's more of a long-term thing. And most players have that flaw, so I'm not really too concerned about that. The one area on the court that I do think as a skill he needs to work on is just speeding up that jump shot because the space he creates allows him to get the jump off, jump shot off at that speed in college. But in the NBA, you're going to have to speed that up because if he can create space and have a quick trigger, he's going to be very difficult to guard because he is equally as good at stepping back as he is you know, using that space he creates between him and his defender and then exploding to the rim. So the things I like about him, that athleticism, you can name it any way he knows how to use it on offense by using a quick first step. He's explosive, finishes above the rim. And then on defense, he also can contest shots at the rim very rarely and mostly against other guards, but he can be a help side defender. He's very skilled as a defender, in my opinion. I I think that's something that's pretty overlooked on Isaiah Wong. And I I do think that, you know, while it's not guard protecting the rim is pretty 
rare in the NBA. It's a good skill to have, and it shows your overall, the bigger picture of you know what to do. You have a basketball IQ if you're a little bit bigger work, but it's not a huge deal. Not a deal breaker, not a needle mover, just a general way to paint the picture that he has a good basketball IQ. Uh, goes into the strong instincts. He just knows how to contest shots. He doesn't he doesn't get beat on defense by himself. If he's beat, it's because he might have gone blown by, uh, might have been pushed off the defender, or excuse me, the offensive player, the ball handler. Uh, but really, he has a high motor and he plays hard on defense. So I don't see a whole lot getting in his way there. The only thing would really be the weight, I think, would hurt him on that end. He has a really quick handle. Like I said, he can create space. It's really tight. He can dribble in traffic with the best of them. His, he can keep the ball low. He can, he can deceive you with his handle. He does a whole lot. He also is very comfortable drawing contact, gets to the rim, uh, gets to the free throw line for the year. You know, uh, actually, I, I should have had this pulled up, but I know he had a good free throw percentage where it wasn't alarming whatsoever. Uh, he had an 80% free throw percentage, a lot better than I thought. I thought it was like 75%, but this freshman year, he shot 83% on 76 attempts. And then as a sophomore, he was probably the most improved player in the Pac-12, but Matthew Hurt won that award. He shot 127 free throws and shot 80%. Also went along with 48% in the two-point range, 35% from three. So the stats really do check out for Isaiah Wong. And then he also, like I said, just he's comfortable taking that contact. He's comfortable getting to the line five times a night. That's what he averaged last season. I could see that even drawing – that number is going to go even higher. He has a good that a lot of a lot of Isaiah Wong's teammates changed at Miami. He's going to have new guards next to him that can help maximize his skills. It's a very good picture for Isaiah Wong, and, and like I said, I think the jump shot touches there, hence the free throw percentage, hence the thirty five percent from three. He just really needs to speed up his form to make it consistent. So that's what I like about Isaiah Wong. On the other end, I'm going to play the. Matthew, Her- or excuse me, Matthew Meyer talked too much about the ACC. Matthew Meyer of Baylor and Will Richardson of Oregon. Uh, parts that is featured by Jordan Ennis of the Assisted Development Podcast when we come back. But first, let me tell you about Sleeper. Sleeper is changing the way that fantasy basketball is played and viewed. The backstory in Sleepers in 2018, the fantasy sports experts there over at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won based and lost based on whose team had more players scheduled that week. Basically, you can stream. It, it made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So the days of losing because your player simply had more scheduled games to play in the week are over, uh, or excuse me, your opponent's players had more games scheduled, they're over. The days of mindless daily busy work, they're over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of all that busy work, also over. So whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper cracks the fantasy baseball code, and if you love fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind Game Pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. So download the Sleeper app wherever you get your apps and go and start those Game Picks today. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, my name is Richard Stamen. 
You also know me probably better as at Mavs Draft. So this for this second portion of the show, I am going to have Jordan Ennis from the Assisted Development Podcast. He is going to talk to you about Matthew Meyer and Will Richardson. So Matthew Meyer kind of made a big name for himself as a junior from Baylor. Shot creator at 6'9", 225. He shot, so some of his stats for this year on the championship team at Baylor, 49% from the field, 39.5% from three, only 59% from the free throw line, but also only took only 49 free throws and 125 attempts for his career at Baylor, 64%. So that's a serious near need for improvement. Averaged 8.1 points per game last year with an assist per game, 3.7 rebounds, 1.2 blocks, 1.2 turnovers. So just to give some context on him, and then Will Richardson, both of these guys are rising seniors. Will Richardson is one of the – he's more efficient. He's a 6'5 guard, 180 pounds. He averaged 11 points per game in back-to-back years. Um, for this last season, 44% from the field, 40% from three, 74% from the line with four rebounds a game, one assist per game uh, – or excuse me, four assists per game and one steal per game and two and a half turnovers. So without further ado, Jordan, we'll talk to you about – Will Richardson, and Matthew Meyer. Hello from the smiling coast of Africa. This is Jordan Ennis, and I just wanted to talk about two different guys that I think are really going to be standouts in this draft. I'm not wanting to talk about lottery guys. I'm wanting to go with guys maybe a little bit lower, maybe on the bubble between the first and the second round. These guys are people I project that teams are going to love having and love looking at for this year. First, I want to talk about Matthew Mayer. He is a 6'9", 225-pound forward out of Baylor. I have him 24th on my board. I am a big Merrick guy. I had him with a first-round grade last year. His shot-making ability and his ability to uh, use his athletic skills on offense is absolutely fun to watch. He has got some on-court swagger. If you are rocking a mullet and a mustache in the year 2021, you've got swag. He can score in a variety of ways, and he was a 40% shooter from three this last year. I also think his defense is good. A lot of people are divided on that. Sometimes the eye test doesn't match the stats. He was in the 70th percentile on ISO defense, and he actually led Baylor in defensive rating last year, even though that's a team stat. You don't have to trust that super uh, much, but I think he's going to be fantastic on defense, or at least passable. Uh, I believe his defense will translate, and so that's probably the dividing point with different people. I'm more in on it. I see a role similar to old school Bobby Jones from the Dr. J. Moses Malone Sixers. Uh, I know that's a deep cut. For those of you who are my age or younger, uh, you might have to go look up old highlights for that. But he would come in, play 25, 30 minutes a night. He was a uh, sixth man, spark plug off the bench, played on both sides of the floor, uh, and really would change the game on both sides, on offense and defense. Mayer's size and ability to theoretically guard two through four makes him extremely valuable in today's NBA, as well as the able to, as well as the ability to spread the four. Maybe you could see him like a bench version of Gordon Hayward or Rockets Chandler Parsons. His shot making will really help a playoff team. His defense, if it does translate, could make him a switchable guy that everybody is begging to have on their playoff rotations. Every team is going to love to have a Matt Mayer type of guy on their roster, and I could easily see him getting into the end of the first round, maybe the beginning of the second round. 
The next guy I want to talk about is 26 on my board, Will Richardson. He is a 6'5", 180-pound guard out of Oregon. Every team in the NBA would love to have Richardson in their rotation. I'm going to say that again. Every team in the NBA would love to have Richardson in their rotation, even if he isn't someone with the most potential. I understand, based solely off of what we saw from last year's production, 26 is probably a bit high, but I really think he's going to make a leap now that Duarte is no longer taking all of the shots. His blend of ball handling, shooting, as well as wing size and above average defense makes me think he's easily, easily going to make a team's rotation. It's really hard to watch Will and not see a tiny, tiny bit of Tyrese Halliburton in him. Now, I'm not projecting for him to come in and be fighting for Rookie of the Year or for him to come in and be looked as the steal of the draft. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Richardson can play that kind of role where he plays defense and he can guard off-ball and on-ball. He can play off-ball and on-ball. He can pass. He can shoot. He can score. Uh, I think that that's what I'm meaning with Tyrese Halliburton. A 10-year career seems like an extremely likely outcome, even if it's just as a bench guy. Even if he's just like Wayne Ellington with better defense, that's worthy of a second-round pick, early second-round, even late first. Now, these aren't one-to-one comps, but his ability to slide into multiple different roles on a team makes him one of the most intriguing players in this draft. With the recent success of older guards out of Oregon like Chris Duarte, or even maybe a Dylan Brooks, or a Peyton Pritchard, I think that you could easily see Will Richardson carrying on that tradition to be the new guy out of Oregon. Will is a great complimentary player. In high school, he played with Davian Mitchell, Keontae, and Keldon Johnson, and he didn't have to take all the shots. He would let them go, and he would play off of those players. In college, he played behind Peyton Pritchard for two years, and then last year, he played with Duarte. He knows how to fit in do the little things, but also take over when he needs to. And I think that is what makes me think he's going to break out this year and really start rising up draft boards. Only time is going to tell if these guys are drafted in the first round this year. But for an early projection, these are the two guys that I'm staking my flag on that I like these guys. I know neither of these guys are likely to make a lottery team, but I love the idea that they can bring so much versatility on both sides of the ball. They aren't going to be superstars, but they are going to be excellent glue guys who are going to change playoff teams' abilities to go deep and run and maybe, hopefully, get a few championships along the way. Shout out to Jordan for joining. Thank you so much. Yesterday was his birthday, so if you want to wish him a happy birthday, go ahead and be be on it at that. Uh, You can find his Twitter in the link of this description, also at Batcher Preacher, B-A-T-U-R-E-P-R-E-A-C-H-E-R. So uh, I'll talk to you real quick about Bet Online, and then when I come back, I'll go more in detail about Paul Scruggs and, uh, excuse me, I already talked about Isaiah Wong, Mike Miles, and Seth Lundy. Bet Online is back, and it is better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for the pro and college football, all the pro and college football action this season. With a new and updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget, use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. It's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. 
They have baseball. It's in playoffs. WNBA finals are going on right now. NBA preseason and NBA action are about to start up. Same with NHL. All of football is happening. It's the prime peak for sports. Go ahead and go over to Bet Online. It's the fast and easiest, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So finishing up this last portion of sleeper returners for the 2022 NBA draft. Let's go ahead and start with Paul Scruggs. Paul Scruggs is one of the more interesting players, I feel like, in this draft because not only is he kind of older, he is going to be a fifth-year senior, but he also, like, in terms of playing style, is just one of the more unique guards in this draft. But he is going to be 24 years old at the time of the draft. Obviously, that feels like it happens now every single year. We get someone like that. It's been Cam Johnson, um, Chris Duarte this last year. Kind of plays like Chris Duarte in a way. Uh, I feel like that's his ultimate upside, just kind of jumping right into that. But some information about Paul Scruggs, the background, he's 6'4 with a 6'8", 6'9", wingspan. He's 196 pounds, can pretty much guard one through four. And I I really do feel confident in saying he could guard, so at least collegiately, he can guard one through four. And the NBA probably one through three. That wingspan, strength, length, um, the IQ is just all there. There's going to be a common theme between Mike Miles Paul Scruggs and Isaiah Wong, and that's all that all three of them have such strong basketball IQs that they can play above their size when asked to. The same way, like I said, Isaiah Wong in the first portion of this, that he can go ahead and he can contest shots at the rim. He can play rim protector, you know, once every few games. But he has that ability. He knows what to do, and he uses his athleticism and uh, length and basketball IQ to really get to the spots he wants. So this last year... His three-point percentage dropped a little bit, but had a career-best points of 14 per game, far and away career-best assist at 5.7. The next best was 3.3. Got the keys to the offense at Xavier as a senior. Uh, Four rebounds per game, one and a half steals per game, half a block per game, and that was on 46% shooting, 32.5% from three. Definitely his worst year from there. I don't know what happened, but he also had his best free throw percentage year with the best volume at 84%. So I'm, I'm starting to lean... I've seen his shot in person multiple times. Um, I think that shot is legit. I'm not really worried about it. I saw him back after his sophomore year when he was at the Pro Basketball Combine. Desmond Bain was there. There was some really good talent there. And Paul Scruggs, I think, was the second best player in that entire competition. He measured well. He played very well. He's an absolute dog on defense. He's ambidextrous to the fullest degree. And he's a great finisher. He has great touch. He can play both off the ball and on the ball. He can play pretty much any role that's asked of him. He's a pro's pro. Obviously, being 24 years old and not having standout an elite standout skill might hurt him. But I think the if he leads Xavier to the NCAA tournament, you're going to be seeing his name pop up in draft discussions. He's someone who I really like. The rundown on him. So I, I've seen him again multiple times, Pro Basketball Combine, saw him at TCU, and uh, I, actually I've only seen him twice now that I think about it, but the, both times they've been very impressive. The, the weaknesses for him are that he doesn't create a ton of separation on his drives. He keeps his man on his hip at all times, but he can navigate around that very well. In the NBA, I don't know if that necessarily works. That is something that concerns me, but again, he has some tools to make up for it, finishes with both hands, dribbles with both hands, tight handle. There's a lot that he can do to make up for not being able to separate from his defender. He His jump shot, while it is good, it is slightly slow and he needs to speed it up and he probably just needs to add strength. strength. Those are the weaknesses I have. 
for the pros, I have jump shooting upside is legit. The frame is really strong. He's a good finisher at the rim. Uh, and actually, I'm looking at my notes, and he has a 6'10 and a half wingspan, not 6'8 or 6'9. This is almost a 7-inch plus wingspan on him. That's really impressive. So I put high defensive upside. He's a really good rebounder for a guard, can get it and go, grab and go. Three-level score, absolutely strong post-game. He has a mid-range fadeaway. He can score from anywhere on the floor. And his footwork on his jump shots is outstanding. He, he really can get square, get settled on those shots really easily. Uh, I think his best selling points are his length, basketball IQ, defense, and some scoring. So I see him as like a George Hill type, a Sheldon Mack type, maybe a Chris Duarte type. He can fit any team. I'd love him in Dallas personally. Uh, I think that he is just the backup point guard the Mavs need. He reminds me a lot of Duarte, and I think as a fifth-year guy, he'll really stand out. The next one, um, Mike Miles. He's someone, if you have followed me at all on Twitter at all for the last year, Mike Miles is my guy. He went, he was on the U19s for USA with Chet Holmgren, uh, the whole squad, Patrick Baldwin, Kennedy Chandler, all the top prospects. And he was probably the second or third best player with Jaden Ivey and Chet Holmgren above him. Really, really talented guard. He's like 6'2". Um, I don't have an exact official measurement um, because I, I just don't believe that he's listed as 6'1". I don't think he's that. He's at least 6'2". But 195 pounds, so same weight as Paul Scruggs, who's two inches taller. Really strong. Killer crossover. Really good at separating from defenders. For the year, as a freshman, 13.5 points per game, 3 assists, 3.5 rebounds per game, a steal a game, 0.2 blocks per game, 41% from the field, 36% from three, 83% from the free throw line. The jump shot, you can tell it's legit. So I like him a lot. Pretty much for him, the two things are he just needs to get consistency on the jump shot and he's a little bit undersized. However, despite being undersized, he's a really good athlete. He can do what Isaiah Wong does where he can just play rim protector for a play. And it's not something, again, that's very common. It's just a general theme of how intelligent he is because it's going to work in college, probably not so much in the NBA, but just ridiculously good at rotating, really good rebounder, just instinctual defender, understands the game at such a high level. His jump shot is projectable. He can shoot from, he can spot up there were spot up attempts this year where he was at half court and he, like his heels where he wasn't fully like, you know, but it was on the logo and he didn't change his form. And it was good. there. I, he made like one of them and I was just incredibly impressed for him even to have tried that. He has NBA range. It's not a conf, not a not an issue. I'm very confident in that. And his change of direction on the drive is really good too. He can handle the ball. He has some killer space creation. If you type in on Twitter Mavstraft Mike Miles and then click videos, you'll see all the videos I have. There's a ton of it. He's a guy who I would take as high as like 20. Uh, so I really like him. The next one, this one's going to be incredibly brief, but Seth Lundy, I think, has a chance to be one of the breakout shooters in the class. Had a really good start to last year. He also shot 39% from three in his freshman year, but ended in 32% overall. Pretty much he had a 12-game span where he was putting up really good numbers um, to open the year, and after that he just fell off a cliff. He was shooting the average 13, 14 points per game, on 34% from three with five and a half attempts per game. And really, if you slim that down to even just some, if you take out, like he shot one of seven ones, if you take that game out and that was against Purdue, it was probably his worst game. He went two of 11. It's a lot better. Like he's a guy who he just really needs to be consistent. Could be that dark horse sleeper, uh, three point shooter breakout. But thank you again so much for listening to Locked On NBA Draft and making it your first listen for the day. 
for if you want to well let me tell you about the next episode first but the couple of the next episodes college basketball returns in about three weeks i'm very excited for it as you should be it's it's the start of draft season really just getting the ball rolling international started but access can be a little bit limited for a lot of people everyone can watch college basketball one way or another it's going to be exciting so i'm going to have some guests we're going to do some previews for college basketball doing some more nba stuff as it happens recapping the rookies that's pretty much what you have to look forward to in the next three weeks it's going to be a suedo nba college basketball show um kind of con a little crossover of both but if you're looking for a second lesson of the day go ahead and head over to locked on fantasy basketball i've been using that show to help me prepare for some of my drafts uh josh lloyd is really good i've been on his show he's such a nice guy and he's really intelligent it's a number one fantasy basketball show on the planet and it's free and available on all platforms thank you so much again for making me your first listen i really do appreciate your support that you continue to show me this is your first episode i hope you enjoyed it please leave five stars whatever it is thank you so much and i can't wait to see you next week